1: of two-man advantage the podcast we are rolling into the offseason emerging from the draft and now dipping our toe into free agency which begins friday afternoon i know that pierre lebrun is anxious to tape this podcast you you're you're busy so you don't mean just to ramble on you don't want a soliloquy you want to get right to it do you
2: let's go i ignored everything you just said but let's (laughs) chat on the eve of free agent frenzy as tsn has coined it for many years i I tell you it's such a a different feeling for obvious reasons uh you know usually this would be june 30th and i've just had it like i've been at it for 10 months and i could see my cottage on the other (laughs) side of our show ending at tsn on july 1st and My friends who come to my cottage every year for July 1st weekend, they know I show up, I go straight from the TSN studio, I drive up to 400, still in my suit and full makeup on. And I show up to the cottage and someone hands me a drink as I walk up to my deck. It's it's a tradition like none other. Uh, And sometimes I just don't take my suit off the entire night at the cottage. But... um, None of that. It's just another day at the office uh, on Friday. Um, you know, it is Canadian Thanksgiving, but um, it's it's you know it doesn't feel like there's something on the other side of the rainbow. And in fact, this is something I wanted to ask you about. But in my conversations with agents and teams, you know, tomorrow I don't think tomorrow is a all right. Everything's figured out. See you next year. I I, I think we're going to have a dragged out off season. I think that while we're obviously going to have Some big stories, obviously, on the first day of free agency. I think that we're going to have other signings and trades throughout October, November, and December in my mind.
1: Yes, I'm with you. And, uh, and so I, I, and I sort of, you jumped right in, you started. I wanted to start the podcast by saying there was no truth to the rumor that round seven of the NHL draft was still going on. So I wanted to get that in there. <laughs> I I, had to get that. I'm
0: not going to lie.
2: I'm not going to lie. I stopped watching way before the end of that. But oh uh, as you know, the, the draft is not my niche. <laughs> no, it's
1: not. Oh, my God. Eight hours. But um, my point in bringing that up is that I spent the uh, draft – I wanted to say weekend, but it's not a weekend. But the uh, three days around the draft in Raleigh, I'm actually still in mm-hmm. Raleigh as we're chatting. So the Canes were great. They let me sit in on their pro scouting meetings on two, uh, Monday night and then the draft uh, first round on Tuesday and then the um, eight hours of uh, the second day yesterday. But to your point, Pierre, and I agree with you, uh, um, and you you hear the number of calls that are you know coming into a team like uh uh, the Caroline Hurricanes, uh, whether it's Don Waddell or Paul Krapelka, the assistant GM, and the number of calls that are going out, so you know there's lots of activity. But definitely, I think there is a feeling-out process because, and you you sort of asked me this, and I'll ask it back to you. My sense is that's because people still are very uncertain of what the marketplace mm-hmm. is. You know, what's a value? Mm-hmm. What are what? What's a value? Of a, a UFA, uh, you know. I mean, we know some of the top names: Petrangelo, Tori Krug, Ta- even Taylor Hall. I think. Okay, so what? What is the value? And so to your point, I'm I'm with you. Like last year, I think like 85, maybe 90 percent of the the prominent UFAs were all locked up. Right? They'd had the visit period, and they could communicate. And it really at the end of July first, it was like, okay. Great. See you next year, like you said. But do you think it is the marketplace or what is it the cap space and the marketplace? I mean, why do you think it might be drawn
2: out? Yeah, I think there's. You touched on a bunch of factors. By the way, was Tom Dunn wearing a tracksuit the whole time? Yes, of course he was. Oh, just like at board of governor meetings. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, no. So he. So that's now his thing. That's his thing for good now, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, No,
1: it was good. Well, and we were in set up in the uh, Cane's locker room. It was great. They had great food and. They had talk about i
2: didn't see you uh, on those shots those team shots i, I was, guess i was i was staring at the guys at the head of the table well it's yeah.
1: a tight shot but i was literally about five feet from don waddell and then uh uh so yeah no i was right there i you know i didn't feel it was a you know to like photo bomb them is that what they call that when you walk there i didn't think that was right
2: so. <laughs> i can't wait to read that story when's it coming out i don't know i better write it <laughs> jeez get out of buddy um <laughs> I don't remember what you asked. No, the, yeah, the marketplace. I, I, mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, the marketplace. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's one of a kind. It's unprecedented, and I think agents and teams are still arguing, as I sense from my conversation with with them. <laughs> I'm sort of almost the in between guy uh, <laughs> about what what the market should be. Um, like, I don't think it'll affect Alex Petrangelo. I mean, Alex Petrangelo is going to get his no matter what because he's such a game changer. Um, and I think to some degree, Tory Krug should be okay because he's such a dynamic power play quarterback and uh, puck mover five on five. I think he'll get his. But I, you know, and, and then with Taylor Hall, I think Taylor Hall will have the AAV. I wonder if term will be an issue for him. Not, you know, he he will end up getting a long term offer somewhere, but I don't know. I don't know that he'll get as many long term offers as you normally would in a normal year. If that makes any sense for a player of his stature um but we'll see i, I mean that's what's interesting about it he's it's interesting i think that uh i shouldn't say i think i know that he's just planning on doing with his agent darren ferris they're gonna do, they're gonna set up zoom calls with the teams that they've decided to talk to um friday and beyond and i say and beyond you know maybe he doesn't decide the first day which is which will be a new twist to all this right without the speaking period that he needs time to think things through and balance the different offers. Um, whereas I think a guy like Alex Petrangelo, from what I hear, uh, if there are teams that he's interested in that actually want to fly him in, in the States anyway, I mean, he can't really come home to Toronto because he would have to quarantine uh, He's because he's in St. Louis. And that's if the Leafs, in fact, make an offer. We think they will. But um but let's say a Florida or a Vegas invite him to come and talk in person. He might do that potentially. I'm not sure he will for sure. Right. But if he does, there's another delay, and maybe the number one free agent on the market as far as making his decision. So, so this that, that's what I mean. This will be an interesting year. That you know maybe goes to Sunday, Monday, Tuesday with some of these guys. I don't know. Or maybe they'll just decide five minutes in, and this was all. Uh, they all had us thinking for nothing. I don't know, but that, but that's what I mean. It's different than other years, and on top of it, again, the the you know the NHL had a board of governors meeting uh, meeting a call on Monday this week, Scotty, and I think that some governors came out of that call with like, whoa, that was quite the forecast from the league about what you know next year looks like. So I think everyone's bracing for what this is with the uncertainty of what next year will look like and how it's gonna crush revenues and how, you know, maybe they shouldn't be spending like drunken sailors over the next couple of days. So I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, I want to circle back to that uh, in a bit, because of course the, you know, the, the whatever forecast there is for when next season might start has certainly changed a, a little bit as we ex- assumed it would, but I want to touch on that later. But I thought you, re- you raised a good point about, you know, what, what happens on Friday. And I think we saw some of this yesterday And I think of Nashville trading Nick Bedino to Minnesota, you know, preparing to buy out Kyle Turris.
2: Mm. Uh, What do you think of that?
1: Well, Mm. and you and I have talked about this, and I talked to a scout not long ago uh, who was like, keep an eye on Taylor Hall and Nashville, because, of course, when Taylor Hall won the Hart Trophy, he played for John Hines in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. John Hines, now the coach. And and we know, you know, David Poyle, the GM in Nashville, has been very candid, right? He wants to change, you know, that team's the team's lost its way right? I mean they've been in decline since going to the play the final in 17 and and this is you know there's some changes that need to be made there and and mm. so whether it's Taylor Hall or not that this looks like okay David Poyle getting his ducks in a row to swing big like he, he always does and so that happened and you still have teams though that still have Issues outstanding if they're going to make similar swings, right? Like what happens with Vegas, who still have $12 million in goaltending right now with Robin Leonard and Marc-Andre Fleury. And what what happens to them in order to, you know, they've been linked to Alex Petrangelo as well. So what happens to them? And I wonder, is there still some of that, okay, in order for us to do A, we first need to do B, C, and D?
2: Yeah, so let's go around the the merry-go-round here. So you mentioned Nashville, as I wrote in my latest rumblings, uh, Wednesday. I never know what day it is, but I today's know. Thursday, so yesterday was Wednesday, and I wrote about, <laughs> I believe that that's why uh, Nashville was clearing the decks a bit, that they will, um, I think they will reach out to the Taylor Hall camp, mm-hmm. but we'll see if they even get into the Zoom Derby, right? Mm-hmm. I mean... Because I think what's going to happen is you're going to have more teams that reach out to uh, Darren Ferris, the agent, but only a select few get to do the Zoom pitch. Yep. So we'll see if Net, Net- Nashville's able to get in there. But you know that would be fun. You know, uh, Matt Duchesne and Taylor Hall in the same line. And um, but again, the, the, there'll be other teams in there. And I mentioned the possibility of Columbus, and I wouldn't be shocked if Edmonton tried to bring him back where he started his career on a short-term deal. Which again. Probably won't be something that Darren Ferris will want to recommend for his client to <laughs> yeah. do a short-term deal at this point in his career. But I think there'll be a lot of different types of approaches to Taylor Hall. Um, you, you bang on with Vegas. Vegas is the story of the next 48 hours for me. Um, you know, you, you, so you have the big three right now that are desperately trying to move money. You've got Vegas, Tampa Bay, and the Islanders. When I talk to other teams there's no one making more calls than those three teams trying to find ways and avenues to to move money uh but Vegas isn't a real jam because uh, you know they've got a disgruntled goalie in Marc-Andre Fleury that may or may not want to play ball let's be honest I mean he's yeah. got a modified no trade clause and don't think that he's thrilled with how this all this played out and Uh, You know, he can't control everything. If they trade him to a team that's not on his list, then that's it. But uh, I don't know what the appetite would be to waive for a team that is on his list, for example. And I don't know that. I'm just putting that out there. Sure. Um, So that certainly is there. And on top of that, I do know through sources that, and other people have reported this as well, including our own Frank Saravelli at TSN, that part of what vegas is trying to do is bring in a third team to absorb some of flurry's cap hit which will cost vegas an asset and then move flurry to the actual team where he would play for so it adds a layer of complexity to it all but but that's not even just enough moving flurry is not going to cure all if you're trying to sign alex petrangelo or 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 make other moves you actually have to move more money than that so that's why you're hearing names like you know alec martinez even nate Schmidt's name is out there a bit um, you know, Paul Stachny, potentially, because he has a year left on his deal. I mean, these are all, you know, Marchesso. Who knows if someone convince him to trade patch already because they know Vegas has to move money. And so they are fascinating. Now, keep in mind, and, and I know that Tampa internally has talked about this, you're allowed to go over the cap by 10% right up until the puck drops next January. So... Being cap compliant does not mean you have to be cap compliant by Friday. It means you have to be cap compliant by January first. So, uh, by, by you know, you're allowed to go over ten percent. So it could be that there are moves made Friday where, you know, where by the end of the day Friday, Tampa and Vegas are, are above the cap, but have three months to figure it out. If that makes any sense.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. It does. And but it. And you're absolutely right because some. You know, with a player like Marc-Andre Fleury, who has two years left at $7 million, it's not just, you know, teams are lining up. And I still think Marc-Andre Fleury still has, you know, gas in the tank and certainly will be motivated if he, you know, wherever he goes, because I think he'll play with a chip on his shoulder. But there's no way you're moving him unless Vegas is prepared to either eat you know salary on that end or take on something else and that sort of defeats the purpose which is as you point out it's why there may be you know another third team to you know that might be looking to get to the floor and could you know can take on some salary but it's 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 not an easy thing to just say well all you got to do is trade Mark Andre Fleury and you know make another move
2: and then you can mm-hmm. you know
1: swim with the big boys so well, you were in
2: the Carolina room. I, I know through my own reporting that the Hurricanes have talked to Vegas about Flurry. What uh, what can you share there, big? Oh, wait, you're not allowed. Okay. Well,
1: no, I could I, I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, listen, you know, I mean, I think it's, you know, listen, Carolina is like a lot of teams, um, and it, because the goaltending market is so robust, right? And there's the other issue for Vegas, right? If, if there were two or three elite goaltenders out there, okay maybe it, this becomes an easier thing there's like a dozen goaltenders who, who who might provide you an upgrade or might solve some of your problems right and and i think and i am not you know this i think this is fair that carolina said this I don't. I think they like Peter Mrazek and James Reimer. Um, I know a lot of people outside believe you can't win a cup, or don't believe it's likely you can win a cup with that duo. But it's
2: they—they they don't believe it either. Yeah, of they course. can't say it. They can't say it, but they know they can't win a cup with that particular duo. I think they can win a cup with one of those two guys and an upgrade.
1: Yeah. Well, and yes, and, and uh, listen, I don't know that you can't win with those two guys. We just saw Anton Hudoven take the Dallas Stars to within. Three wins of a Stanley Cup, so I, Ooh, I just don't think.
2: Spe- uh, speaking of which, I have an update there.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, so my point is that the goaltending market is very robust. There are lots of teams still sort of figuring it out, but uh, so I and I want to hear about Anton Hudobin. But I thought it was interesting that one of those goaltenders, um, of course, Matt Murray going to Ottawa. Um, and I thought Jim Rutherford probably didn't get as much as he initially had hoped, but he got ahead of free agency opening in moving mm-hmm. um, Matt Murray. I, I, I'm with you, and I think you said this on social media. I, I really like that fit. I, I just think I think the Sens are such an interesting team. I think they have the potential to. I don't know whether "accelerates" the right word, but I think they're going to be a team that 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 might be playing meaningful games into you know game. 60 or whatever it if you play sick 82 games i just think i like what they've done and i think matt murray the reset will be good for him there and i think you know if he works on some technical stuff there i think that's a good fit for for ottawa and obviously it was it was important for pittsburgh to move on from from matt murray with tristan jari signing there
2: yeah but in typical senators fashion they couldn't just ride the wave of positivity from their draft and from trading matt murray Essentially, for a second-round pick, which was a, you know, just a a perfect gamble for Ottawa. I mean, really good trade for them to bet on a 26-year-old goalie bouncing back. But they had to end the day with the news that they, for some reason, didn't qualify. 23 goal <laughs> scorer Anthony DeClaire, and I, I say for some reason. I mean, there's some. I don't want to yeah. get into it, but obviously, it's an interesting story. Anthony DeClaire, who represented himself in talks with the Senators, uh, formerly with, with Kent Hughes, and, and that. Firm And and I think just wanted to take ownership of his... I mean, you know, good for him. Uh, sure. Wanted to... But now, I don't know if he anticipated this or not. Now he's... If he continues to represent himself, has to have his, I guess, make sure the NHLPA sends his cell phone out to all 30 teams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all the 30 other... Because he doesn't have an agent. So it's kind of, uh, it's kind of interesting what it's going to be like for him. But anyway, the Senators, you know, obviously took a pounding from their fans for that decision and listen I, it's not overstated. it's not like you know we know that Anthony DeClaire only scored twice after Christmas one being in an empty net um, not the greatest defensive player but at the end of the day he's 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 a good player who skates like the wind can score he's seemingly had figured things out on their DJ Smith something to work with there and and you know, I think what's happening here is the Senators were worried about his arbitration case, so that's why they didn't qualify him. And maybe they turn around and find a way to sign him over the next couple of days. Right. But um, I'll agree to disagree with the with Pierre Dorion on that one. And who, by the way, had a pretty good week overall Pierre Dorian. But on that, in this particular case, I think I would have qualified him.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover,
1: Right. But, and there were a lot, though. Like, that was interesting. And, and I, I'm not forgetting about Anton and I want to circle back to that. But yeah, yeah. The, the, the QO, you know, there were a number of players, I think, around the NHL where you were like, oh, really? Like, I, you know, I, I don't watch every single Vancouver game, but, you know, Troy Stetcher, for me, at one point, you know, sort of would have considered him a, you know, a part of that young Canucks team moving forward. Uh, not provided a qualifying offer. Dominic Cahoon, uh, you meant, mentioned Anthony Declare. and and I wonder if this is just a function of what we, you know, what what everyone is facing with this with yeah, uncertainty and, uh, with the cap and the the marketplace.
2: I found to see you in Edmonton. There's some interesting yep. ones for sure. Uh, Evan Rodriguez, who the Leafs acquired as part <laughs> of uh, you know that cap and going to Pittsburgh, of course, what they really acquired was the first round pick and getting cap space, but. Th- in speaking to Rodriguez's agent, Peter Fish, yesterday, I mean, they there was a lot of back and forth with the Leafs about signing a deal that would have been less than the QO and having Rodriguez have a chance. But they've decided, uh, let's go to market and keep the door open for Toronto. But that's a risk for both sides at this point. Um, yeah, and, and, and you know, you mentioned Vancouver. That's tough because Tetra is such a canuck I mean, that franchise matters so much to him personally. And you hate... Kind of hate seeing it, but you understand Vancouver's got a lot of balls up in the air. They're still in dialogue uh, with Markstrom. They're in that bizarre trade trade triangle with Boston <laughs> and Arizona on OEL. Uh, they uh, they'd like to sign Toffoli, and in, and in, and and despite reports this week that he was definitely headed to market. I mean, certainly it's likely he's headed the market, but the door's not closed. Like Vancouver's still, if all things can work out here over the next 24 hours would still like to circle back to Toffoli I think so there's a lot going on there Tanev Tanev who never gets talked about outside of the Vancouver market I mean people in Vancouver know how important Tanev was but you know he he, he did a lot for Quinn Hughes right and, yeah. and so he's UFA so there's all these things and, and Vancouver's still get hammered by the Luongo cap capture penalty. <laughs> and uh, it's not, you know, it's difficult. So I, I feel for Jim Benning and that Canucks front office because there's some tough decisions there are coming. Yeah.
1: All right. A- Anton Hudobin, you've you got a little teaser. So now uh, all the Anton Hudobin yeah. fans are still listening, going, well, okay, let us in on Dobby.
2: Yeah. So the Stars have really tried to sign him. Um, and I, as I reported last night, I mean, they – their last offer just isn't cutting it right now. Um, now, I say their last offer. There's such a thing as a last offer, but I think it was presented that way. It's still below the number that is would make uh, Hudobin and, uh, and his camp comfortable. So the question today, being Thursday, the eve of uh, free agency, is whether does the who vote boat, in who boat camp come back with their own number or or do they just say you know what we're, we're gonna go to market but we'll keep the door open for you guys and, and you'll hear a lot of that the Thank whole you. door open thing that used to be kind of a fake thing because it was really <laughs> pardon my french it was really a fuck you i'm gone but 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 i think actually in 2020 with the pandemic nhl market it's actually real in a lot of cases it really is I'll give you another example. It's like Mike Hoffman in Florida. They have, they've had very civil conversations. Bill Zito, the new GM, yep. with uh, the agent for Mike Hoffman is Rob Hooper. And it's been very cordial. It's just Florida has to move money before it can make Hoffman a, a, a legit offer. And if it doesn't happen today, then he will head to market. But yet he will circle back to Florida. Like, that's legit. Like, that's not... Sure. For PR, or and I think the same thing will hap, will happen with Dallas and and, and in that if they don't and again they could figure everything out today. That's that's why I'm saying you never know what happens today. But but let's say they don't and he does and the market does open tomorrow, there might be a realization on both sides, both in terms of what Dallas looking at their other goalie options and both in terms of Hudobin and his agent can't realizing hmm okay maybe what we thought was there isn't and then they come back to each other you never know so so it really is the whole circling back is going to be fascinating on with a number of ufas and their respective teams yeah well
1: and again we you know you touch on that goaltending marketplace and it's just know we we know with brian elliott staying in philadelphia we know matt murray now in ottawa um henrik lundquist bought out of course with the rangers and every indication is that he will sign with washington which i I yeah i like that fit don't you do you like it like it'll be weird obviously Mm -hmm. to see him throw on that cap and especially given all their playoff battles right i mean that was that's going to be weird but I, i like that fit and you know the you know, there's sort of been a reset now with the Caps, right? With Peter Laviolette coming in, if Mm -hmm. Monquist comes in and, uh, you know, as a mentor and uh, support system for uh, um, Sam Soundoff, uh, I like like that fit.
2: Yeah, that team is all about the Laviolette effect. Yeah, It's not about moves (laughs) with the roster. It, It really is about, you know, I think that, Brian McClellan, by the end of the return to play, was like, eh, I don't like the vibe here yeah. with these guys, and we need to mix it up here and and remind everyone that 2018 now is is a bit past, right? So so that's what fascinating to me is how LaViolette gains the attention of this room and, and how they react to him. That's going to be a big story next year, whenever there is next year.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone?
1: all right two uh, i want to we want to wrap things up here because uh well you're a busy man you got things to do but there are two things i want to touch on before we go <clears throat> and you can pick whichever one you want to start with but uh i'm just i was so fascinated with the uh, max domi trade to columbus for josh anderson mm-hmm. both have the same agent really kind of interesting stuff there it's like selling a house and having both ends of it if you're a real estate agent right yeah Both buddies, yeah. Both London
2: Knights buddies, Domi and uh, Anderson, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I like, I I just think Josh Josh Anderson is such an interesting guy because you know miserable injury plagued year, really you know just yeah really difficult for a really good guy, but when he's on his game and we we saw this a couple years ago, he is an absolute beast. He is one of those Mm -hmm. rare rare big. Punishing, very fast, great shot, and all of a sudden Montreal is like looking like you know sort of they remind me a bit of Washington from you know they get that size and speed and they're not going to be pushed around <laughs> in Montreal yeah. if if well, Josh I'll, Anderson gets back.
2: Yeah. yeah, and and listen, of course, Mark Bersman took a risk with. I mean, listen, all indications and Josh Anderson has said that his shoulder is fully healed, but you know. Staying healthy will be the big gamble there with Josh Anderson. But I love the gamble. I I would have made this trade all day long. Frankly, if I was either GM, because it it wasn't going to work contract wise with Columbus. So and and believe me when I say the Blue Jackets got a ton of interest for Josh Anderson. Like there were other offers on the table. So, you know, Mark Bergerman really found the right fit by saying, you know, these other teams might be offering you X or X, but are they offering you a number two center, which I am um and so one of those trades that just made so much sense i think and if anderson is healthy and goes back to being the player from two years ago my goodness such a tonic for what the canadians needed up front they were just too small and and i I just think it's it's totally worth the gamble and they're not done i mean as i've reported all week i think they're gonna call wade simmons agent friday they won't be alone, and they they won't want to pay him a whole lot so at the end of the day they may not get him but that would be but it's still an indication of where Mark Bergevin's mind is at right if he's wanting to add another big guy um and I think he's not alone like you know Kyle Dubas declarations this week right with with the Toronto media about being harder to play against and I hope to fix that in free agency and trades that's a departure right for him that that that's you know, that's maybe watching Tampa tweak their roster and seeing again of the way the playoffs have played out. I mean, Dallas is a tougher team than Dallas with all their skill and 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 their physical attributes. I think the league, it's not that it's copycat, it's that, you know, the Blues won the cup in a certain way too. Like he just, you know, Brian McClellan said it best to me in an interview in the Q&A last year. I think you need a team for the regular season and then you need a team for the playoffs. I think he said it best. And 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 the, the nuance being that come playoff time, the rule book's not called the same, I don't care what anyone says. It just becomes more of a grind. You know, Corey Perry went from basically invisible during the regular season with Dallas, right, to being a player again in the playoffs. Because of the type of hockey that it requires for you to go deep in the playoffs. So I think that the smart front offices are figured out. You need you know, to me, you need the best analytics department you can have. You, you want the most advanced metrics you can to make the best sound decision you can. But you have to assemble what you hope is an incredible puck possession core skill team with these other elements, these sandpaper elements that come through from playoff time. You, you want to balance. It's not about one or the other, it's about both. And, and obviously Tampa approved that winning the cup and, and you're seeing the effect of that Already in this offseason, with some of the decisions from teams. Yeah, no question. All right. And perfect circling
1: back to our final topic of the day. You mentioned the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, You know, it was fascinating to see Bob McKenzie's tweet. And I know you've, you know, you you are all over this as well. But uh, there's a very small core of players on that roster that GM Julian Briesbois considers untouchable and there's a longer list that are are not considered untouchable and that uh, you know there was a ton of guys with no move no trade clauses that you know could be approached may have already been approached um about the possibility of going elsewhere it's it's not a great spot for julian brisewater to be in but i was fascinated by that list because apparently it uh, the you know the the, the name steven stamkos is not in that tiny group of will not move under any circumstances. And I wonder, right. you know, how wow. you unpack that.
2: Yeah. That's up to him. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, of course. Yeah, no, for the, sure. The,
2: the Stephen Stamkos decision isn't up to Julian Breezeball. It's up to Stephen <laughs> Stamkos. But, um, I mean, Tyler Johnson's the guy that working on right now. Um, and, and JP Berry, veteran agent is working with Julian Breezeball on it. It's, it's been, as far as I can tell, it's been cordial. So, the lightning caught a break there to some degree that the Tyler Johnson camp is working with them, not against them. And so, you know, as of yesterday, I think they had five or six teams uh, that they had given. And and who knows if that list grows, but there's a sense of, Hey, we get what you guys are up against. And, and as I wrote, I think on Monday, Scotty, I think deep down and Tyler Johnson's not said this to anyone, but don't you think he wants to end up in Seattle? I mean, I mean, he's from Spokane and, um, you know, does he go somewhere for a year and then there's a team that gets him, leave him unprotected for the Seattle draft? I don't know. It's interesting. And, and does Ron Francis want him? I mean, there's a lot of VIFs here, but it'd be kind of neat to see him part of that original Seattle team. Um, so I think they'll they'll figure something out on Tyler Johnson. Uh, obviously, the Stanco situation, no one close to him is saying a word. I just find it. So there's a couple of things I find. I, I'm not saying it's impossible. Obviously, it is. I mean they just want a cup essentially without him playing for them. So you sure. And they've got major cap issues. I mean, and I know it's delicate, it's delicate because he's incredibly popular. He's their captain, but he really is their captain. Like he, he's an incredible voice in that room and everyone looks up to him. He's also the King of Tampa. I don't mean the King of the lightning. I mean the King of Tampa, like he's just so ingrained in that community. Yes. Um, he took less to sign there. Let's not forget that. I mean, he signed for eight and a half in Tampa when he could have got 11 million a year in Buffalo or Toronto. Um, and he's got a full no move. So A, where's his heart at? And no one has any indication of that. But B, and uh, you know, and I say this with all due respect to a guy that I hope comes back and scores 40 goals a year for the rest of his career. Are we convinced that there's a bunch of teams that would line up? For him right now given his health like there's four years left at eight and a half million a year um I, I, so my point is even if he wanted to waive are we sure there's a spot yeah maybe I'm, I'm not saying there wouldn't be i'm just asking the question
1: yeah well and yes because you got a lot of things to. it's not is there a team that would be willing to take on that salary given the the uncertainty over his health Will he go there, right? As you point out, his, this is all Steven Stanko. It doesn't matter what anyone else wants. He right. doesn't have to do anything. He can stay there. And, but I, so let me ask you in closing. Then, no matter how professional and listen, no one is more upfront and and like Julian Breesboro may be one of the classiest guys in the game. I, I don't think that's overstating. He's I mean there's there's incredible respect for how he is handled. All the things that have, have gone on in Tampa. It doesn't matter how well you handle this situation. Once you, you can't unhear this idea, would you consider leaving? Or can you? Like, as I wonder what. You and know, what- and,
2: and, I, and I think it's fair to, to point out, we don't know 100% that that conversation has happened. We just kind of, there's sort of a smoke, is there smoke, there's fire hey. vibe to all this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, but it but it does and you know and the reason I raise it is that we saw you know with Patrick Hornquist obviously different player at different stage of his career but you know Patrick Hornquist you know didn't have to leave Pittsburgh but you know my sense of it is once Jim Rutherford sort of broached the idea he, Patrick was like well if you don't want me well okay yeah I'm going to go to Florida
2: I hope to win a Stanley yeah. Cup and that that was not his first answer but he eventually <laughs> got he he he, he he eventually got himself there after reading the room. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think... See, to me, Hornquist is more the Tyler Johnson comparison. Tyler right. Johnson has a full no trade and and is going to end up working with Tampa here. That's more like Hornquist. I think Stamkos is different because he's so important to that franchise. Right. Yeah. That, that is just so sensitive and delicate. Um, That's just different to me. Anyway, we'll see what happens. I yeah. Mean, they, they may have to end up moving guys they don't want to move and you know alex calorn is a great example of a guy that i know the lightning have and i think they've even told his camp you know we're to last resort because he's the guy with the modified as opposed to the full nil no trade right and but you know at the end of the day if we're a week away from puck chop in january and they're still over the cap you know yeah uh there might be some tough decisions all right
1: all right you got work to do. Free agency begins tomorrow. I can't wait to see where we're at when you and I talk next week.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you have done yeoman work so far. I'm a little disappointed you weren't uh, glued to the TV for the eight hours of the second day of the draft. <laughs> but I'll, I'll cut you a little slack there, pal. But uh, uh, you should also check out, as you're waiting for the market to open, check out Craig Custance, who welcomes former NHL GM Brian Burke to the Froel 60. But I think Brian's got a new book out, right? Just a new book. Uh, the, the, his life in hockey, which is uh, mm-hmm. interesting, um, plus a bonus episode of the full 60 with Scott Wheeler and Corey Prom, And I don't know if those guys ever sleep, right? Like churn out about 10,000 words of copy on draft prospects over the last 72 hours. But anyway, they take time to join Craig on the full sixty. Um. What else? Mike Russo, joined by The Athletic, Scott Wheeler, again, not sleeping, uh, to recap the Wilds draft. But they also are going to ch- chat with Marco Rossi, a-, a kid that everyone seems to love a ton. He's first-round pick of the Wild. You should check out our comments section for each podcast episode at The Athletic app and rate and subscribe to Two Man Advantage on Apple. And if you are not a subscriber to The Athletic, well, shame on you. But anyway, you can re- rectify that by subscribing now and saving. Go to theathletic.com two-man advantage. You can receive an all-access subscription for just $1 a month. Pierre, if that was $1 Canadian, it'd be like, what, about uh, $0.35 cents U.S.? It'd be a real bargain if you can get it for a dollar Canadian. As an,
2: as an aside, our good friend Joey Mack tweeted the other day about Bruce Cassidy uh, becoming an American citizen. And I yes. felt like saying, as, has Bruce Cassidy read the room? <laughs> <laughs> Conversation yeah. for another day. Uh, another day.
1: <laughs> Anyway, I good do, work. Uh,
2: having yeah. watched the vice president's debate last night, uh, I uh, thoughts and prayers. <laughs> yeah,
1: let's <laughs> leave it at that. Anyway, pal, listen, good luck to you. And as free agency arrives, I know you're going to be crazy busy. Uh, but this was a ton of fun. Good work by you. And we'll do it again next week.
2: Yeah, I can't wait to read your Carolina story, buddy. Sounds yeah. good. All right, man. Take care. Take care.